0: Hey, yo, what's going on, fam? Thank you for locking in again. This is Clarity with TK Podcast with another episode. This time, I'm sitting with Clarity Man himself, Mr. Juan Lee. This man is a transformational speaker is an author is a teacher on the powerful principle of love he is the author of love made simple so that's something that we're going to get into today he's also on here today because i feel like the topics that we want to touch on are pretty similar and he's here to bring clarity so thank you man for coming on the show i mean i'm truly honored
1: Hey, thank you for having me. I really appreciate being on such a clear podcast. That is wonderful. I don't know if you noticed, but I have also the founder of a nonprofit called Clear Journey. This is what this is. The book is the foundation of the nonprofit called Clear Journey. And it's basically making clear your path in life.
0: Mm. How did that start, man? Let's get right into it.
1: What we're talking about is how to make the practical applications of love in your life, how to implement them into
0: your life how did you end up here man
1: well i'm gonna give you the, the very small quick version of it but it's over 30 years
0: right wow.
1: okay because 17 years old i graduated from high school with an undiagnosed learning disability was confused was lost was frustrated just felt hopeless didn't know how i was going to survive And I was like, how do you figure this thing called life out? Mm. What is this all about? At that time, I'd been in church and religion all my life. And I had been hearing about love, but no practical application. And so it was so confusing. Went into the military and my life did a 180 degree turn because I began to see principles in the military that demonstrated that love that I had been hearing about. And it's so very interesting because people don't really understand what I mean when I talk, because I'm thinking the military and love, they don't go together. But it's amazing how, when you take the concept of love and you put it into an organization that has to represent a very big picture, you need systems. And those systems, are for everybody and not for just one person. So we had to plug into a system that was already established for the purpose of something greater than ourselves. Mm. That is the premise and the system for life, it's love. And what it was is the system for the military was it was this very intricacy of multiple systems for one purpose. And that purpose was to defend and to protect the United States of America. That was the purpose of it. So here's the kicker. How is it that love never fails? And I begin to associate love and never failing to a system because systems don't do nothing but repeat. They repeat themselves over and over again. But you gotta plug into the system. If you don't plug into the system, you're gonna be abused by the system. And so, The long story is long short of it is, is that I associated those systems in the military, not the systems, but the fact that it was a system as to the ability to be finding that thing that connects us all together for the purpose. And here's the thing for humanity, love for humanity. The system is for humanity, something greater than any one part. And I have to realize that and where I learned that was in the military, because Everybody had different jobs. Everybody had different positions, but we all had the same purpose. Right. To plug in to the system so that we
0: all succeeded. Wow, that's deep, man, that's deep. And the fact that you came out with that from the military is even crazier. The question that comes to mind when I hear that story is when you realize that, when went through your mind and what were the steps that you took to get you to where you are today?
1: Well, that was what led me to the point where I got to this point in my life where everything was so systematized in me by that time. What do you mean exactly? It means that everything had clarity. I could understand why things were done the way they were done for the purpose of something bigger than me, myself. See, when I started taking the focus off of myself, See, because you gotta understand, while in the military, I still have an undiagnosed learning disability. Right. And so I'm going through my career in the military and I stayed in the military nine years. And so what happened was, it was that confidence that I began to gain in who I was that allowed me, because the systems gave me the confidence that I could understand as my being in this system because it would always bring me the results that I was looking for. So I would get into the system and whatever it took for me to stay in that system. And see, here's the point is a lot of people think that systems take something away from you, meaning that you don't have that ability to be your authentic self, to be original. No, it is that originality that the system is requiring.
0: So you're not just a pawn in the game? Absolutely not.
1: You bring your own originality to something that's already in place. A system, as it relates to how we evolve, is because of who we are into the system. The system propels us into the future, into who we are to become as humans. It's from generation to generation as we develop and bring our originality to the system. That's how we evolve. That's the part where we take what the past has brought to us and develop it. Same thing we're doing now is we're passing this investment on to the next generation so that they can develop it. So we're developing the past in the present and the present is going to invest into the future so that they can develop it further on into the future.
0: How do you navigate a system that is kind of rigged that is against certain types of people? You know what, what I'm talking about? So <laughs> how do you navigate that with, all these learnings, and with the clarity of mind that the system operates that way.
1: Understand when I say system, love
0: is the system,
1: not these things that we are dealing with as it relates to how governments operate. Right. We're not talking about that. In spite of how governments or societies operate, love will transcend them all. It will transcend them all. Communist, capitalism, socialism, all of them. Again, we bring the originality to the system or to these cultures or these societies. What we do is now determine how we take our originality and plug it into that society and renders us the results that we're looking to be. And here's the thing, we're looking for fulfillment. Yep. We're looking for fulfillment. Nobody's teaching fulfillment. Nobody's talking about fulfillment. We're talking about all these very abstract things. I wanna be happy, I wanna have love, I wanna leave. Oh, look up. What we're looking for is an experience in life that brings fulfillment. That means that we're being able to maximize our potential. That's what that's all about. So many of us don't even know what it is. We're talking about purpose and we're talking about how do you get there? Maximize your potential, develop yourself, get into knowing who you are so that you can give that to the society and bring forth that fulfillment because you've reached your potential. You've maximized what it is you have. what we call gifts and talents. That's what it's all about. But if if you don't know that, you're around here chasing somebody else's dream. Running here trying to be compared to somebody else. That was what they were teaching me in in school was to, to measure up. I'm an original. There's no other one like me. And just because I don't meet your standards don't mean that I don't have value. Absolutely. That was the message. And that was where I gained my confidence in knowing that, hey, Who I am and what I have, it's important, it's necessary, and it's
0: sufficient. Wow, that's beautiful, man. So how did you go from that realization to becoming a speaker and to becoming a vehicle for that message?
1: That comes from my desire to want to be who, be my very best. And all it is is about getting, here's here's every one of us. We all think that there's a purpose. Everybody has a different purpose. All of us got the same purpose. We just got a uniqueness as as to why we demonstrate it. Okay? At the end of the day, we all got to, we're investing into humanity. So preserve it and protect it for the next generation. We're the bridge from the present to the future. Okay? That's it. it. Let's not make it more difficult than it is. We're living this temporary experience for the purpose of being able to present it to the future, to pass it on to the future. And when we grasp that, we're able to really begin to hone in on who we are because we understand that this is a temporary experience. So then we need to learn to maximize that experience and that we are an investment into the next generation. That's what we need to understand so that we can begin to be, reach that fulfillment. See people, like I said, we're not talking about fulfillment. It's the greatest value for an experience when this life experience. It's fulfillment. You can't buy it. All you can do is demonstrate it. Right. That's all you can do. But until you have it, you can't demonstrate it. If you run around trying to emulate somebody else because of what they did, that keeps us right here in the present. You have something that's valuable into the future. Right. Absolutely. That's unique. Every one of
0: us. 100%. And every one of us has a purpose and has that gift that you're talking about and that you're supposed <laughs> to tap into to bridge from the present to the future.
1: And that's again, like I said, we have an originality that we present it through that originality. That's what we do. But we've got to develop it. We've got to define it. We got to identify it so that we can give it. That's it. It's not rocket science here. But we've we're not taught it. We're not teaching it. We're not exposed to this experience. And the thing about it is, is that we look back into the past and we go, the past—they're no longer here.
0: Right.
1: They're no longer here. And guess what? In the future, they're going to look back on us and we are the past. We've got to understand that it's only temporary. And so when we grasp that, I can't stress that enough. When you grasp that, you really begin to take value in the moment. Mm. And then you look at yourself and you look at the time and you go like, I've got to maximize the moment because there is no guarantee for another moment.
0: And so, is that where the fact that you wrote your book, you launched it, and then we were talking beforehand about your nonprofit, Clear Journey. Is that where, you know, the idea and the projects stem from? Absolutely, absolutely.
1: The book is the foundation of making the practical application of love. See, Love Made Simple is the answer to the fact that love is so confusing. Everybody got their own definition of it. you know, you use it this way, use it that way, use it this way. But the basic lining on love is that it's an action on behalf of another. Do you believe that we all have that in us? Absolutely. Here's the point, and this is the point that really people come and they sit back on me when I say this. Love is demonstrating a motivation through action. Mm. Okay? Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that it has to be good for it to be love. Really? A motivation determines your actions love is an emotion it's a very high stream emotion Mm. and so that emotion can be for something detrimental for humanity for instance what's going on in ukraine this time now right putin he has a passion a desire which is basically an emotion called love to destroy annihilate a people because he wants what he wants selfishness it demonstrates his motivation to overthrow that country, to destroy that country.
0: The love of power, right?
1: It's a selfish motivation. And see, this is the point. The love that I'm talking about for humanity is not selfish. Mm -hmm. It's not selfish. But you can look at someone's actions and denote whether or not it's selfish or not and determine whether or not it's love for humanity or that person trying to assort something for themselves.
0: So how do you explain the fact that there are so many things going wrong in the world, right?
1: See, that's very interesting. When you say wrong, that assumes that there is an absolute rightness.
0: Yeah. Let's take a simple example. If you go to some state in the U.S. and there are laws in place that are clearly wrong. They discriminate and they go against some basic morality. Exactly. And ethics. That's what I call wrong. These laws have been voted by people. They've been voted by a system. That makes that system wrong.
1: But guess what? Whoever voted that system in the place don't think that it's wrong. Mm. They don't think it's wrong.
0: Yeah, but deep down there are things that transcend right and wrong. You know, exactly. You know what I mean, this is what
1: I'm saying. Love is in spite of. Okay? Black people in America has been challenged to say the least. Yep. There is no way that you can say based on where black people have come from in the United States is to say that there is some point in time where it's all nullified and all been made clear. Made, there's no way that you can say that. Absolutely. But the pursuit of happiness in America is in being able to navigate whatever the systems are that are in place. Because there's no place or no time that they said that it was ever gonna be fair. Mm-hmm. Never said it was gonna be fair. So whatever the circumstances are, we as individuals, and this is, this is different, I mean, it's not just for Black people, but just in humanity itself, mm-hmm. is that you've got to be able to navigate your experiences to be able to gain that fulfillment that we're here trying to attain. And so we can't look at and allow people to use oppressive systems to nullify our ability to reach our potential. Now, didn't say it wasn't gonna be harder than others, but again, that's comparing, okay? We've gotta understand that they don't have what we have. And the thing about it is, here's the point. I can't think of a stronger people to have been able to endure whatever black people have asked to endure in this country to think that there's a stronger people than black people. Right. To get to the point where we are, but we still have a long way to go, but that's the fact of the matter is, is that we're in this time, this present time, To be able to make an investment into the future, not learning about what the past has presented, but we're going to take it and move it
0: forward. Mm. Yeah, instead of dwell on it.
1: Yes, we've got to move it forward. You know, don't owe me nothing. I'm moving it forward.
0: thing is, there's a fine line between not dwelling on it and forgetting it. The fact of the matter is the things that have happened have happened and we cannot discard them from the equation itself. We are where we are today because of all of that.
1: Well, I get the concept of what you're saying, Mm -hmm. but you got to see on both sides. And this is where we're running into this issue, especially here in America. We've got to realize that there's two sides to this dilemma in the sense that if any, very few people are living today that were actual slaves. And at the same time, the people that have grown up having the benefits of slavery are now the benefactors of those past people who've lived and suffered from slavery. True. So now how do we come to mesh the value of the injustice to the point where we are now because of the injustice? That's the dilemma.
0: There's been some talk about solutions, like reparations, for instance. Do you feel like that's a plausible solution? Because we're talking about love here, and love is an action, like you said. And reparations, it's never gonna make up for what happened, but at least it's gonna try to level the field of play. You know, I get what you're saying.
1: I understand what you're saying, but I also understand the method that you're talking about in a way in which if you give me $50,000, let's just say $50,000 mm-hmm. and you, or I don't know how to handle that $50,000. See, money is, is a means of exchange. Mm. The important part about money is how you value it, what you do with it.
0: Absolutely.
1: Money in the hands of our community has found itself to disappear without any value going forward.
0: That's because there's been a lack of transparency in education. There's been a lack of education. Yeah. You know, knowledge hasn't been distributed equally. I agree with you 100%. Thing is, like, that's why we're here right now. That's why there's so many podcasts of people trying to bring that knowledge to the masses, to minority masses. And if the reparations come into play after that mindset reset, then reparations make sense.
1: Absolutely, but you can't precede it. You can't give the reparations before the mindset change. And there's the problem and the challenge because we can just look at our society right now and see that the mindset is not changing. See, a few years ago, and I don't know, it probably goes back a little bit beyond you, but a few years ago, back in the 80s and 90s, black boys were afraid to be educated. They didn't want to be educated. They thought it was something wrong with being educated. It was like something that they couldn't ascribe to, they couldn't identify with, so they didn't desire it. I graduated in 82, 83. And for the sake of me, when I graduated, I had no idea why I was there. I had no idea what education was, what understanding, what knowledge was all about. Didn't know the value of it. As a matter of fact, because I had a learning disability, it was like the furthest thing that I wanted to ever engage in was Mm. learning but it's vital to this experience called life. And if you can't understand that, you're not going to be able to succeed in this thing because life is about being able to structure opportunities and you structure opportunities based on awareness and understanding as to what an opportunity looks like. You can't even identify an opportunity and they're running, they're coming by you every day. That's what life is about. It's just this plethora of opportunities that you have to be able to know that they're there. Nobody can take opportunities away from you that you identify. You have to be able to identify them in spite of what they're doing, how they're maneuvering the system or the perceived system against you. We have to think beyond and outside of the box. And that's why I was talking about how people want to compare us with someone else. No, you've got to be inquisitive enough to find out who you are. That was the message that I learned. It's that I needed to find out who I was, then I could find out what I have to offer. Then I become a commodity that I can now begin to present
0: Mm.
1: to our society. Each and every one of us is like our own independent bug business. But you've got to be able to realize what your commodity, what it is you have to offer. Mm -hmm. Then you present it to the marketplace. How do you do that? That's it. You've got to find that vehicle. I tell you, if these podcasts would have been around when I was in high school, life would have been different for me. But boy, now that I know that it's it, I'm now picking it up. I'm now getting involved with it because this is who I am. This is my vehicle. Mm -hmm. This is what I like. I mean, here the fast you are in France and here I am in America and we're communicating. Can you imagine? That's my vehicle. I like to communicate. My ability to share my message with the world, now I have a platform to do it.
0: Absolutely, and that's exactly how I feel, and that's exactly why I started this podcast like over three years ago now. It was was my vehicle to put out there the things that I struggled with when I was young, and the first episodes, they were not as good as the ones I put out now, but the idea was to put out there the lessons I've learned along the way to my younger self, you know what I mean? So my audience and my head was my youngest self. And I was talking to that guy and telling them, here's how you navigate this problem. And I talked about different things, and then as I grew into it, I grasped the ins and outs of podcasting and I was just getting better at it with time. But at first that was the idea. The idea was to use it as a vehicle for a message to improve the lives of people tuning it week week out and expecting some sort of value to come out of it. Something that I wanna get back to and touch on is this mindset shift in our culture. Let's talk about minorities because that's who I talk to on this podcast mostly. Talk to everyone, but coming from a minority myself, I try to bring as much clarity to minorities as I can. I wanna level the playing field for everyone. And so I know that people who come from certain backgrounds have less tools to excel and to discover their gifts. You said at some point, and I'm nitpicking right here, but you said at some point that the reparations could not precede the mindset shift. I feel like the mindset is currently headed in the right direction. Where do you stand on that? And can you clarify your position uh, in regards?
1: Here's the mindset that's required, that's necessary. It's the mindset of love. It's just that simple. And see, that's where the nonprofit for myself transfers that into the practical application. Here's some of the things that the nonprofit teaches. Financial literacy, self-improvement. Relationship building, problem solving, and decision making. These are the fundamentals that we need to understand. And we've got to understand love is demonstrated through attitudes. When mm-hmm. you, you have the right attitude towards any situation, and love is the motivation. See, your motivation is for humanity. And that's why it's so important that we get that bigger picture. It's because I need you. See, I have to really honestly say to you and think that I need you. Mm -hmm. See, it can't be just talk. It's gotta be I need you because the situations that are going to come down the pipe, if I have a decision to make that's about you versus me, I've gotta be able to say, I need him. How do we do this together? See, relationships are about connections. It's about adding value. And when we see each other as valuable, then we can begin to make decisions collectively that not only benefits myself, but everyone else also. That's what love does. Let me give you the three characteristics of love. And this is this sort of answers your question. Love, number one, it's, it's a chameleon. It adapts to any and every situation. It sets the platform for success for everybody. So that's the first part of this mindset that we got to be going into any situation with is understanding what's in it. I'll sacrifice what I need personally for the purpose of the group, the majority, for the whole. That's a mindset that I've got to come into any situation with is saying, I'm my brother's keeper, so to speak. That's what I got to keep in my mind. And then the next one is, is that it's a conduit. It allows me to connect to my brother and know that what I have is important for him and what he has is important for me and I have no hidden agendas with that. It's that I'm willing to give whatever it's needed for him because he's doing the same thing for me. I got your back, you got my back. And here's the biggest one. Love is a choice. And when we decide that that's what we want to do, to set that platform and connect to one another with no one hidden agendas, no one can stop you. It's yours to do, and nobody can stop you. Nobody can force you to do it, but nobody can stop you from doing it. That's the power of love. And that's what we need in our societies, in our communities. We need to start in our homes. We need to start in our communities to see that, look, whatever we see that doesn't look right, we have to do something about it. We can't call nobody else. We've got to engage it because that person is important. That child is, or that person is needed, is necessary, and what they have is sufficient in spite of whether or not they know it or not.
0: We ought to take care of our own.
1: It's the ability to be able to understand is when you see it, you should say something. And what I'm saying is, is that you don't need to go out there in the middle of a gunfight. But the point of the matter is, is that you know that the gunfighting happened. Where do you go to address the issues with the gunfighting? Guess what? We got to hit the families we gotta understand family if you see Johnny out there on the corner shooting people don't go to Johnny go to Johnny's mama or daddy look what can I do what can I do to help you raise Johnny what can I do we've got to be willing to put the sacrifice in for again remember the investment is in for the next generation we've got to be willing to, to put the investment in the sacrifice that's necessary what we see is a result of us being selfish
0: And in a lot of things in life, that's exactly what we see. It's the result of us being selfish, especially nowadays. We see it even more than before. I realize people are all about themselves. The sense of community has disappeared. I know that back in the day, the church and even the community was prevalent. And it was at the heart of everything that people did, but not today. Yeah, but here's the point.
1: My generation failed you. See, because we were out there plan where we should have been demonstrating. See, here's a good example. We've raised a generation of people who think they're privileged. Instead of understanding that there's work associated with it, because we had to do the work, you become privileged. No, uh, uh-uh, no, that's not what that is about. We failed to teach you the work that it's taken to get there. So here's the work, the sacrifice. If we don't teach sacrifice, you don't get the value in whatever you gain just because something's given to you or you have access to something without understanding what it takes to get there, it does you no good.
0: That's the definition of spoiled kids, right? You've always been given everything so you don't value anything.
1: And so, what is it? I'm in it for me. Absolutely. And so, we failed you. We failed you, we didn't teach you the fun, we didn't teach you what needed to be. Now here's the point, we didn't know ourselves. Mm. We didn't know ourselves. So it wasn't like we intentionally failed you. We thought it was about things and not the concepts and the principles. Right. Here's the point. We'll work 40, 50, 60 hours a week trying to get things and not building relationships.
0: Yeah, but you see, now we're going back to what we were talking about earlier of the level playing field and the fact that we ain't start from the same point as other communities. And so when you come from that background, you don't have time to think about everything that we're discussing here don't have time to think about the principles. You're actually busy providing for your family and getting that bread. That's what you've got to do.
1: I don't disagree with you at all. All I'm saying is, is that there is a way. I don't know if you've seen Asian, Hispanic, African, those three particularly, they will come to America, so to speak, as a first generation coming to America, and they will live 10 in a house, 15 in a house, cousins and uncles and aunts, because they're planning something. They got a system. They got something that they got planned. And that means that this first generation is willing to sacrifice for the next generation.
0: And that's exactly what they do.
1: This is the concept that I'm talking about. You can't come into the system and say, you owe me. Mm. You take advantage of the system and whatever it takes. The investment is necessary. You cannot do it without the investment. Somebody got to sacrifice.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with you on that. Thing is, For one, they came willingly. And two, we're bringing this full circle because we were talking about this right before we started recording. The fact that I'm abroad and that I've moved a little bit gives me better clarity and I see things, especially things happening in the U.S. with a different set of glass. So when I look at things, I understand them better. My mind is a little bit clearer when it comes to what's going on over there. Thing is, that's exactly how first-generation immigrants dealt with these situations. You know what I mean? When you've been there for 300, 400 years, and you've been oppressed for all this time, it's just almost literally impossible to take a step back and to analyze and to realize how things work. Unless, you know, you have someone who made it and who gives back to the community that knowledge. Well, see, here's the point. The concept
1: doesn't change irrespective of your experience, your duration. I say first generation. It doesn't change when knowledge hits. When knowledge happens, somebody has got to be willing to say, this is what it's going to take, OK? Irregardless is what the past is about. Because see, those people that were immigrants came from something worse than what we have today or what some of us are experiencing today in the US. So my point being is, is that we're calling them immigrants, but the fact is, is that they have a system or plan in place that they have an opportunity to demonstrate. But see, here's the point. If I've been in here 40, 300 years of an oppression, mm-hmm. we've got to come with the mindset that, okay, I'm the first generation. We go with first generation, graduate from college, first generation to have a job, first generation to di- this. Gen- no, no, who's going to say we're going to take the first generation to benefit the next generation? Because just because you got an education, you got an education. What did you put in place for the next generation to get an education? We'll see success as an individual. But not as a people, not as a collective, not as a group. So my point being is, is that we've got to begin to learn the attitudes that are necessary to say somebody's got to be willing to sacrifice. And let that be the message, the message of sick of sacrifice. If you don't have that, you're going to go from one generation saying, I got mine, you get yours.
0: Well, thank God for people like yourself and minorities coming up trying to speak that truth. Well, understand all of our programs are online.
1: We do them in person and online. So the point is, is that we have them quarterly. And what we do is we put them on and we educate people in those areas online. So anybody around the world, this is why I'm saying, this is really my thing. Cause around the world, now granted, when we talk about financial stuff, we talk about from the American, the dollar bill and stuff like that. But hey, I'm looking for partners. So if you want to come on and be a part of something like this, I'm all open for it because it's all over the world. You can plug me in. You can go to my website or go to um, uh, my YouTube channel where I have all of my interviews and stuff like that. But the fact of the matter is, is that everything that I share is eventually going to be on clearjourney.org's website so that you can partake in that stuff no matter where you are around the world.
0: Absolutely, man. I would be more than happy to tune into it, but also to, you know, give a helping hand if I can. Um, There's so many things that, you know, we all learn along the way and along the journey to make it as clear as possible. That is exactly right. That's what we're here for. That's what this podcast is here for. And to have the honor to sit down with guests like yourself. Hey, I, I
1: appreciate you more than you can know. I mean, because this is why I'm here. I want people to be able, especially young people. I want young people to be able to be their very best. I think the opportunity to understand that this experience called life is temporary and we need to excel in the moment. Really engage the moment and understand that you have something that's vitally important. It's an original, it's unique, and we need it. Everybody does.
0: And we gotta bring people up together to show that it is possible and that there is a blueprint that you can follow because that's what it's all about. Hope is your best ally in these situations.
1: That you hit it on the head. Hope gives you the desire to want to look for something better. It's the driving force. It's not anything in particular, but it's that driving force that allows you to know that there's, there's something better. There's something that I can do. And remember, when I say sacrifice, there's joy. It's there's amazing. happiness. Absolutely. Can you imagine the person laying the foundation for the sky rise, for the pyramid, but it's the most essential part. Everybody stands on the foundation. Exactly.
0: The step of stone. It, There's everybody. Everybody goes through it.
1: Why not me? I would be that foundation.
0: Thank you so much for that, man. Because that, that sense of sacrifice is not as common as maybe it's supposed to be, or it needs us because we wish for it to be. So keep up the good work, man. <laughs>
1: Thank you, man. I I appreciate it. I love your podcast. I love the name of it. I love everything because that's what we're after is clarity. We're after clarity in this experience called life so that we can navigate it successfully.
0: There you have it, folks. It's been Juan Lee with another great episode, this time really about clarity. Uh, (laughs) Thank you again, man, for coming on the show. And until next time. Thank
1: Thank you.